Well, Memorial Day is an important day. It's a national day when we take time to remember those who have given so much so we can enjoy the freedoms that we all too often take for granted. If you are a military person, did you have military people stand this morning yet? We didn't? That's all. All you guys who've been in the military at any time or currently serving, stand up. We want to honor all the men and women today. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Yes. God bless all these men and women. These are all the butt kickers in church. Don't mess with these people. <laughs> oh, you know, what's great about a day like Memorial Day is it's a day where we intentionally are remembered or are encouraged to remember those who have given so much. Uh, it's really easy for us to forget and, and encourage your children. Memorial Day is not just a boating day or a camping day, okay? Thank God that we can enjoy the freedoms, but just to remind them, you know, the reason we can even do this is this day is about remembering all the men and women who have served for so many years and given so much uh, so that we can enjoy the freedoms that we have. Uh, it's important because it is the nature of mankind to forget, we are great at forgetting. We're great at remembering people who tick us off. That we got down to a science. Somebody who did something wrong to you, I remember when they did it and the way they did it and the barometric pressure of that day, and I know everything about that day. But when it comes to remembering the blessings that we enjoy, the kindness of God in our lives, very easy to forget that stuff. You know, I remembered uh, after 9-11... How many of you remember how packed out churches were all across America? Man, wall to wall. And then as soon as it got safe again, then people began to forget. That's what they do. That's what we do. It's been a problem as long as mankind has been on the face of the earth. I was reading in Deuteronomy, the fourth chapter. Moses is talking to the people, and he's getting ready to die. And the children of Israel are going to go into the promised land and he wants to remind them about remembering, quite frankly. He says, be careful. Everybody say, be careful. be careful. Be careful and watch yourselves closely. Why? So that you do not forget the things your eyes have seen or let them slip from your heart as long as you live. Now, these people had seen, bless you, these people had seen <laughs> incredible miracles, incredible blessings. And he says, man, don't forget. Be careful not to forget. Watch yourselves closely to make sure that you do not forget. Then he goes on, he says, tell them, teach them to your children and to their children after them. Why? Because it is the nature of mankind to forget. It's a stunning thing to read the Old Testament and see the pattern of people you know they, they get into trouble they cry out to God God delivers them from their troubles and then they quickly forget God and the cycle starts all over again those of you who come to our Wednesday night Bible studies and let me encourage you if you want to really start growing in your faith come out to Wednesday night that's when we really get into stuff and nothing is held back and we talk about all kinds of things and open up for questions and stuff and we try to get more into the meat of God's word. Some of the 
some of the heavy stuff that's there. On a Sunday morning, it's hard to just talk about real heavy stuff because there's all kinds. Some of you have been serving God for most of your life. Others of you, you know, church is new to you in the last three, four weeks. You know, and when I come on a Sunday morning, I have to keep all of that in mind and kind of, you know, it's kind of like when our grandkids aren't over, we eat all kinds of cool stuff. You know what I'm saying? A little steak, a little broccoli, melted cheese, you know, some nice stuff. But when the grandkids are over, it's pretty much strips of chicken, <laughs> hot dogs, and macaroni and cheese. When they're over, I know what's coming, man. That's all we're going to get. And little hamburgers, but we don't call them hamburgers. We call them Krabby Patties. <laughs> because that's what SpongeBob makes. They won't eat a hamburger. They will eat a Krabby Patty. Because SpongeBob makes Krabby Patties. Why? It's different when you've got little ones. And again, that's the challenge. Sometimes people who grow in their faith, especially that are involved in a growing church like this one, they start complaining, oh, I need more meat of the word. I need more. Well, I'll tell you what. First of all, why don't you come to Wednesday nights where we teach more meat of the word, and then why don't you start feeding yourself? Somebody say amen. amen. You know, we feed our little grandkids. My son, we don't feed him anymore feed yourself. <laughs> anyway, as we've been studying the Old Testament and seeing this pattern, it's, it's quite stunning, isn't it? Of how they would know God and God would do great things and then just immediately would forget God. And everything would go to the toilet and they'd get in all kinds of trouble and they'd cry out to God and God and his patience would show up. And, but as we've been reading, God's been doing this in, in our study. We've seen this for a while and God's getting ready to, he's had enough. He's getting ready to send them all into captivity. It's, it's quite an amazing thing. You know, you don't want to get in the cycle too much, people. We need to remember God. The account of Israel's deliverance from Egyptian slavery is probably the most stark examples. You know, you hear these guys, 400 years they're in slavery. 400 years! And the Egyptians are brutal to them. And they're crying out to God, God delivers, God delivers. Finally, God sends Moses. Moses shows up to Pharaoh and says, let my people go. Moses said, no, I'm not letting them go. I like them. They do all my work. This is great. Moses said, all right, some butt kicking's coming. And the butt kicking kicks in. I'm telling you, one plague after another. It's quite amazing. You read the stories, what these people saw and experienced. Wow. Finally, Pharaoh relents. All right, go. Moses takes them out of Egypt in a glorious exodus. They get out there. They come up against the Red Sea. And Pharaoh, all of a sudden, he has a short memory. Changes his mind. He says, go back and get them. So here are the children of Israel freaking out. They can see the chariots of Pharaoh's army coming. They're stuck in front of the Red Sea. When Moses gets up there and behold his mighty hand. Actually, Charlton Heston said that. But anyway, behold his mighty hand. The Red Sea opens up. Well, how cool had that to be? They all go. Pharaoh's army comes. Let's go after him. So they come running and then Moses goes, time to close. Drowns his entire army. What a miracle. I was listening to some pinhead on TV, you know. 
talking about, he was questioning the miracles of the Bible. He said, oh, actually, that, that, that wasn't the Red Sea. It was the Sea of Reeds, you see. You see, the Sea of Reeds is just three inches of water. They cross over on the Sea of Reeds, you know. <laughs> Although that's even a bigger miracle, because God drowned all of Pharaoh's army in three inches of water. <laughs> Idiots, man. <laughs> so they cross the Red Sea. He's out there. They're blessing them. God's showing up, doing all these cool miracles. Food, man. They don't even got to work for food. They don't even got to go to festival foods, man. They just walk out in the morning. Food is all over. Manna falling from heaven. They have got it made. And Moses says, okay, I'm going up in the mountain. God's going to give us his law, the Ten Commandments. So Moses goes up there. He's like over there for like 40 days, a month. I mean, how long did the last month go? I mean, think about it. It was nothing, right? Well, in 40 days, these guys completely forget God. Completely forget God. Now, we're not talking you and me here. You know, it's not like we're seeing incredible whole yo mama miracles every five seconds. It's not like when, you know, that'd be cool if you go around the... The construction, we could just cross the, you know, the Fox River and it would split and we could drive across that. That would be awesome, wouldn't it? If you can pull that off, let me know. I'll follow you. <laughs> so one thing for us, when even third, these guys saw miracles like it blows your mind to even conceive of what these people saw. And it experienced one after another, blah, blah, blah. And in 40 days, they totally forgot. Moses up there on top of the mountain. Where's Moses? I don't know. You seen him? I ain't seen him. Where'd he go? I don't know. Up in the mountain. It's been a week. What are we going to do? Going to do it. Talk about impatient. You run into people like that. <laughs> I've been praying. God hasn't asked my prayer. How long have you been praying? <laughs> Three days. I don't know. Just, Hello. Slow down a little bit. But these guys got all jiggity because for 40 days they didn't see Moses. So what are we going to do? What are we going to do? We got to go back to Egypt. We got to go back to Go back to Egypt. These morons wanted to go back to Egypt because they didn't see Moses for four days. What are we going to do? <laughs> oh, we need to worship God. I don't know anything about God. Moses knew about God. What are we going to do? Let's make a God. Let's make a God. So they, they, they make a golden calf. They start worshiping a cow. <laughs> We're from Wisconsin. You don't worship cows. <laughs> not the smartest creatures on earth. Even an adult intelligent cow is incredibly stupid. <laughs> they make a calf, which is a really stupid cow. <laughs> Forty days! Moses comes out the mountain. They're all dancing around a cow. Oh, I love this cow. I love this cow. Good grief! Talk about a short memory. Someone he yells at him and throws like Ten Commandments down and grinds up the, the cow, throws it in the water, makes them all drink it. <laughs> he was really ticked. That's <laughs> so why before he dies, he says to them, be careful, because this wasn't just that time. This happened over and over and over again with these people. Got to do a miracle in five seconds. They're crying, oh, yes, what are we going to do? Talk about short memories. B 
Be careful. Watch yourselves closely so that you do not forget. Jesus knew of our tendency to forget. It's amazing. Here he is at the Last Supper. It's his Last Supper because it's his Last Supper. He knows he's about to die. It's within hours he's going to be arrested, tortured, crucified. He knew what was coming. He told his disciples they didn't get it. But we read about it in Luke, the 22nd chapter. He says, when the hour came, Jesus and his disciples reclined at the table. And he said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. He knew this was his last meal on earth. Verse 19 says, he took bread, he gave thanks, and he broke it. And he gave it to them, saying, this is my body given for you. Something we do every Sunday. Why? Why? Why did he do this? He says, because do this in remembrance of me. Don't forget. Do not forget why it is the nature of mankind to forget. As soon as we move past God's blessings and I, we quickly forget. That's why we do communion every Sunday, constantly reminding ourselves this is what all of this is about. The life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ is what Christianity is all about. We wouldn't even be in, begin to experience God's forgiveness and grace and miracles in our lives, but for the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. He says, do this, and do this often, and do it in remembrance of me. Why? Because people are very quick to get comfortable and to forget. We read of this parable in Matthew, the 18th chapter. Peter comes to Jesus. He's probably irritated because somebody's bugging him. One of the other apostles is getting on his nerves or something. Stupid idiot. You know, how long do I got to put up with this? You know, because we'll forgive people once, you know, maybe twice, but it's like baseball. Third time, you're out of here. So Peter comes to Jesus and said, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother when he sins against me? And then he thought he was being quite altruistic, quite giving. He's up to seven times. Jesus said, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. In other words, you got to keep forgiving no matter what. He doesn't literally mean keep track 77 times. You, know, you better watch it. You're up to 76, buddy. You know? <laughs> Just means you keep forgiving. You got to keep forgiving people. I'm stunned at how many people, Christians, I get non Christians missing this, but Christians who have asked God to forgive, God only knows what in your life. But yet you still are angry at somebody. You still won't forgive that ex husband, that ex wife, that business partner that ripped you off, that person who did that guy that let his dog poop in your yard you know I'll never forget that pooping little dog really you come to church you worship God you take communion you ask God's forgiveness and grace and then you hate somebody else or some little piddly thing well he's done it 20 times okay how many times they've done it well, they're always doing something. They're always making life hard and miserable for me. Okay, I get it. Doesn't mean you have to be a doormat, and if you can avoid it, great, but you still have to forgive people. Guys, this is Christianity 101. You don't get this, everything you do doesn't mean anything. 
Jesus explains it. He goes on, he tells this parable. He says, therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 talents, a lot of money, for our purposes, we'll say a million dollars, a great amount of money, was brought to them. This guy owes them a million bucks. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. You think you got problems with bill collectors calling you? In this day, man, they could take you, your whole family, sell you off into slavery, everything you own, and recover. Boy, you'd be thinking more than twice about whipping out your MasterCard in this day. No easy credit here. You got any credit you couldn't pay, man. It was came down like a ton of bricks on you. Well, a servant fell on his knees before him, and he begs him, be patient with me. I'll pay you back. Please, 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 I'll pay you back. The king says, took pity on him, cancels his debt, let him go. Just forget it. A million bucks. Forget it, never mind. Pretty nice guy, pretty nice king. But when that servant went out, now you would think this guy would be walking on sunshine. You think he would be happy, joyous. I just got off of a million dollar debt. Again, we're not talking filing bankruptcy like we do in this country. These guys, you lost everything. He comes walking out. And he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii, like a hundred bucks. And he grabs the guy and begins to choke him. <coughs> Pay back what you owe me. Pay me back. And his fellow servant falls to his knees and begs him just as he had begged the king. Be patient with me. I'll pay you back. Please, 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 please. But he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. Well, when the other servants saw what had happened, they were greatly distressed, I can imagine. Here, the guy had just gotten off of a million-dollar debt, and he's choking this guy for a hundred bucks. And they went and told the king, the master, everything that had happened. Then the master called the servant in and said, You wicked servant! I canceled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? You see, people have very short memories. Very short memories we have. In his anger, his master turned him over to the jailers to be what? Torture. To be what? Torture. Wake up, you people. Until he should pay back all he owed. I wanted you to say that word because look what Jesus says next. This is how my heavenly father will treat each of you. Whoa. No, he won't do that to me. Really? You get an exception because you're so cute? This is how Jesus said. This is how tortured. This is how my heavenly father will treat you. Unless you forgive your brother from your heart. And by the way, Jesus said this several times. This is mine. In fact, the prayer that we pray every Sunday, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. If you read it, as soon as Jesus gets done talking, he doesn't stop. 
He continues to talk. He says, because if you do not forgive people who sin against you, my heavenly Father will not forgive you. You think you can come in and experience God's forgiveness and hate people? You're delusional. But delusional we are. Very short memories, have we? Quick to deceive ourselves. Reminds me of the lady in Oklahoma who said she was mad at her husband. I said, why? I just wish he'd die and go to hell. A Christian. She's in church. She's in the front row singing. How's your husband? I hate his guts. Really? I just wish he'd die and go to hell. Why? Because he said I was fat. I'm thinking, you are crazy. Actually, the first thing I thought is, well, you are a little, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wasn't going to say nothing. I didn't want to go to hell. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> are you kidding me? You think you can worship God and celebrate Jesus and sing songs and clap and serve in the church and you hate somebody else? You think you're going to get to heaven? Everything's just going to be fine? Yeah, I went to Pastor Mark's church. That probably won't help you, by the way. No, that's going to help. Wow. How do you do that? How can you be so short in our memories? How can we hate it? You know, if there's anything we should forget, it's when people hurt us and rip us off. You know, we need to get to the point where you just... I've had conflicts with people in the past. Can't imagine that with me. But I try not to rehearse it. I get to the point where I, I, I can't remember what it was about. I mean, I actually have to have stop and think and kind of, what was it? But, you know, even then, I, I want to forget that stuff. Why? Because I, I, as far as I'm concerned, it's gone. It didn't happen. Why? Because I need all the grace I can get. You're looking at a boy who needs all the grace he can get. I get to heaven, God said, you mad at anybody? No, nope, I ain't got nothing about nothing, nobody, nothing, no, no. I don't, no, no, I like everybody. <laughs> you think you can hide from God? I think a lot of people get to, get to heaven and say, you mad at anybody? Yeah, I, I want my husband to die and go to hell. He said I was fat. I'm mad. My ex-wife did such and such. I'll never forgive her. Really? My ex-husband did such and such. He keeps bothering me and I hate him. Really? That business partner ripped me off for hundreds of thousands of dollars. I wish he'd go to hell. Really? You don't think that's going to come out? We need to let it go, people. Keep short accounts with people. Why? Because you owe a lot more. You owe a lot more to God than anybody will ever owe you. We come to God and ask his forgiveness. We need to remember we are forgiven. We didn't earn it. We couldn't buy it. And in return, we need to forgive other people. We need to let it go.
as I was thinking about this Memorial Day message, I'm thinking, wow, how important it is for us to remember, not only as a nation, but our own individual lives, our families, our blessings. And as, as I was praying about this and thinking about going into this summer, I felt impressed with this thought. Tell them, don't forget God this summer. I went, wow, don't forget God. I felt like it was the message the Holy Spirit wanted me to say to our church this summer. Don't forget God this summer. So we came up with this in our bulletins, or we put up fires and posters, and I think we even got a little graphic. Do we have a graphic? Yes, no, no, yes. There's a cute guy. <laughs> That's a no. That's a no. Okay, well, anyway, you'll see it. But we're going to be stressing to people. Let's don't forget God this summer. Don't forget about church. As I travel all over the world, people ask me, how big is your church? I said, depends on the weather. <laughs> oh, you mean when the weather's bad, they don't come? Oh, no, 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 no. We're great at when the weather's bad. <laughs> it's when the weather's nice. They don't come. Now let's, let's be careful. Let's remember to honor God. Let's not forget about church. Thank God for the wonderful weather we're having. I prayed last all summer. Pray it lasts until next summer. <laughs> well, that's probably going to happen. Go global warming. Go global. But anyway, I prayed. <laughs> don't look at me in that tone of voice. Anyway, uh, don't forget God. Well, it was nice. Don't all, you quit coming to church. What do you mean you quit coming to church? Well, it's a nice day. Sir, what kind of value is that you're teaching your kids? Well, honor God when it works out. When it's serious, a lot of people go to church as long as it doesn't interfere with life. It doesn't interfere with sports. It doesn't interfere with this activity or this, this or that. Or, you know, every day, there's a million other things that'll bump church. If as long as there's nothing else, then okay, then we'll go to church. Really? Is that the message you want your children to learn? Let's honor God. Let's not forget church. And some of you people, and let me talk to you people who watch us on TV. God bless you. We appreciate you watching us on TV. We really do. And I meet people all over, anywhere in northern, north central Wisconsin, who are always seeing me, and they recognize me from TV, which means i got to behave myself everywhere I go. Just, <laughs> <laughs> you know, silly, don't clap, it's miserable, you know, because, you know, you want to get a little ticked off once in a while, you know, you know, you order your fries, and they don't give you your fries, and stuff. you want to go, I asked for my fries, why did you forget the fries? Well, aren't you that pastor on TV? <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't even get irritated with people anymore. Highly irritating. Anyway, behave myself as much as I can. And look, we love that you watch us on TV. It's fabulous. It's great. But come on, get off your butt and go to church. Don't just watch it on TV. Now, if you're sick and you can't come, it's great. It's one, it's one of the reasons we're there to minister to people who are locked in at home. But a lot of you aren't locked in at home. You just don't get out of bed. Get dressed. Go to church. Listen to me ramble for 28 minutes. Isn't the entire Christian experience. You need to worship God. You need to connect with other people. You need to take communion. You need to get right with God. Don't just sit there and watch us on TV all the time. 
It's all kinds of celebration campuses you can go to. And if you don't want to come to my church, then go to somebody else's church. Go to a Baptist church. Go to a Lutheran church. Go to a Catholic church. I don't care. Just go to church. Don't just sit there and just stare at us on TV. Now that all kinds of people are changing the channels right now, well, <laughs> come on, I love you, but I'm not going to play games with you. The reality is you need to get serious about this at some point. Come on, go online, check us out. Find out where we're at, come see us, get involved. Go to church this summer. Don't forget to pray this summer. And if you're going to go on vacation and stuff like that, listen, great, have a great time. I'm not against that. You know, I was raised in church that, you know, every time the church door was open, if you weren't there, you were going to get, go to hell, you know what I'm saying? We've never, you've never heard me say that. Have you ever heard me say that? I don't care. If you don't want to come to church, you're going to go somewhere, you're going to have vacation, go somewhere fun, go somewhere nice. If it's really nice, take me with you. <laughs> but don't forget God. You're out camping somewhere. Get, come on, Dad, go to some little Christian books or go to these little devotionals, a little one-page thing. Take you 30 seconds to read it. You guys, come on, we're going to have our own little church this morning. You read a little story and a little prayer. You can even pray with them. It's a simple way of remembering, thanking God. And when you're out gallivanting around and enjoying your summer, and God bless you for it, don't forget to support the church financially. As we're coming to summer, I'm already going, oh, here we go again. And we just came through a big financial adjustment. We, as hundreds of thousands of other churches around the country, had to cut budgets this year. And we did it. We did it right, and we solid in the black, paying all our bills, but here comes summer again. And every summer, the offerings drop because people forget. Oh, I, I was going to send an Oh, I forgot. Oh, we were gonna, I was going to catch up, but I, I forgot. I, I forgot. And everybody comes back in the fall, and we climb out of it, 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 and then we get good, and then summer comes again. Wouldn't it would be great if we didn't do that? Look, when you give an offering, people, it's not a cover charge to listen to the band. <laughs> Are you hearing me? Have you ever gone somewhere you need to pay a cover charge to listen to the band? I've done this. You walk in, you've got to pay a cover charge. You listen to the band. And then when I don't go, I don't send them other checks because I'm not there. So a lot of people take church. As long as they're here, then they give. And if they're not, I don't got to give. You know, I'm not listening to the band. Come on. If you're not here, continue to support. Go online. You can get on your computer. You can send your little offering in just like that. What does that do? It keeps all of this going so we can continue to do what we do. To minister to people, to minister to you and your sweet little children. And all the other areas of ministry that we have here. Don't forget. I forgot. I was going to, I forgot. I forgot. So this summer, our campaign is don't forget God this summer. And we're going to have it in the bulletin a bunch of times. We're going to have posters all over the place. And we're going to even mail stuff to your house. We are. We're going to follow you. We're going to torment you. <laughs> don't forget God. Come on. Let's all. Do no one's asking anybody to bleed or die here. All I'm asking is don't forget. Don't forget. Because when you get. Hundreds and hundreds of people who go, oh, I forgot. Ouch! And it makes it really hard to do what we do, and it puts us in the hole every year that we have to climb out. How many of you would like 
to see us not go in a hole this summer. Let me see your hands. Yes. Slap the guy next to you who didn't raise his hand. <laughs> All right. We're going to be talking about this. You're going to be hearing this over and over and over again. Why are they reminding you? Why are they saying this? Why? Because we don't want you to forget. Because that's exactly what people do. I'm going to invite our ushers to come. At this time, get ready to serve communion. Our musicians can come back up as we bring our service to a close and we turn again our attention to this communion service. This is when we focus again. What all of this is about in the first place is about the life, the death, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. 2,000 years ago, Jesus took what he did not deserve. He was brutalized by evil men when he did nothing wrong and he didn't say anything and he took it why he was the lamb of God to take away the sins of the world he was the ultimate sacrifice he took what he did not deserve so you and I could get what we don't deserve which is a clean slate before God you don't deserve it I don't deserve it you can't buy it you can't earn it well, I'm not such a bad guy. I'm better than the guy next to me. You know, no, no, it doesn't matter. A lot of people think, you know, when you get to heaven, it's, it's going to be a, a scale and they're going to be measuring, you know, your good versus your bad. That's a crazy concept, people. You people listening to me on TV, that's a crazy concept. You're not going to get to heaven and you're going to have this little measured out ee. -e -e. I probably, if it was a scale, you know what happened? Blah! <laughs> your bad would so outweigh your good, it's not even a contest. Thank God for his forgiveness. You can't earn it. You can't balance it out. All you can do is throw yourself at the mercy of the court. Hallelujah. The good news is the court is a merciful court. Jesus died so we could have forgiveness of sins. Have you accepted God's forgiveness in your life? I'm going to invite everybody to bow their heads in a word of prayer. We're going to pray a prayer together. And those of you watching my television, I'm going to encourage you. Pray this prayer along with us. If you'll mean this, you can start really experiencing God in your life. Let's pray this prayer together. Say, Dear Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God and that you love me so much. You went to the cross and you took my punishment. I ask you to come into my life and to forgive me of my sins. I now surrender myself to you. Amen.